If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, just Dave here letting you know that the episode you are about to hear was recorded live in Melbourne at the European Beer Cafe. It's the third or four of these that we did. Uh, They're all done now, so thank you so much to everyone that came along. We had an absolute blast getting back in front of a live audience. I had to cut out a bit of uh, audio here that was still a bit of stuff going on in the room. But if you'd like to see it one day, we did film it, and eventually it will be up on sospresents.com. So keep an eye on social media when you will be able to tune in to that if you want to see it. We've got another exciting live show to announce uh, on next week's episode. Uh, A new thing that we haven't done before, which we're really excited about, so... Again, stay tuned for that if you are interested. But until then, thank you so much and uh, enjoy this episode recorded live in Melbourne. of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky. How are we feeling tonight? Yeah. Well, who's gotten wet out there? Yeah. Who's ready to get wet in here? Yeah. All right, here we go. Well, I have no idea what that means. Um, so I'm going to ask two more people to come on stage and save me. Could you please give it up for Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart? You know what that means, you fucking horny dog. Yeah. You knew exactly what that yeah. meant. I wasn't listening. What did he say? He said we're all going to get wet inside. Gross, Dave. <laughs> I, I didn't, that sounds even worse than what I said. We're all going to get wet inside. Stop saying it. I don't know what that means. Virgin. I don't know. I'm not a virgin. I've said that into a microphone so often lately. <laughs> it's really I'm weird. not. Dave, tell him. It's the night to tell him. You're a virgin, let him know. 
Let him know. No. It's a safe place. So you'll be okay with Dave the Virgin. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it sounds like I'm about to be sacrificed. <laughs> that is, that's full on. No, 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 it's okay. not interactive. Um, <laughs> I felt like I needed to get that in earlier. Yeah. Um, well, I was it, laughing where that was going. Shut up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll bring you with Jess. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> um, great, how, how are both of you? Feeling bitchy. Yeah. Well, uh, historically, when I come on stage with the iPad, I'm doing the report. That means we have not one, but two sass twins in tonight. Yeah, the bitches are back. <laughs> You're fucked. Oh, I'm, ter- I'm terrified. We're coming for you, little man. Well, too much. Too much, Bob. Too much. Yeah. All right, rain it back in. Rain it back okay. in. Yeah, when I said getting wet, I meant crying on my face. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Can really you just give me a little tap if yeah. I've gone too far? Yeah. Uh, we take it in turns to report on a topic often suggested by a listener, and it is my turn to do the report with the Sass twins, who have no idea what I'm uh, about to talk about. So, Do you know what he said earlier? No. He said, do you want to know what the topic is tonight? And I was like... What? Okay. And then he said, too bad. <laughs> That's right. I get in early with the Sass twins, yeah. I'm a bitch. <laughs> A thirsty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Oh boy. We always uh, start with a question to get us on the topic, and I have a whoa, 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 whoa. Nearly saw it. Question <laughs> for you here, and um, I'll give it to you guys, and then if you can't get, it, I'll throw it over to the audience. Some of you may know because you voted for it. If you're a Patreon supporter, some people have. But which man okay. holds the honour of being the only person to have a moustache category named after them at the World Beard Championships. Hitler. <laughs> it's gotta be Hitler. Locking in Hitler, please. Yeah. <laughs> every, every year, 600 men turn up with Hitler moustaches. The local bar looks so fun. Uh, it is not Hitler. It oh. is Tom Selleck. Uh, that honestly, He's got a moustache. A great moustache. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> moustache free. What kind of? Can you can you describe the stash? Can I describe it? Uh, it's uh, it goes out like this. Oh, oh. the walrus. <laughs> like is that a person? The walrus. The animal, the walrus. Is that a person? No. That'd be good, though. Is it Salvador Dali? It is Salvador Dali! Is it Salvador... Oh. I heard that as well from over there. But on delay. I heard it um, up here. Also, I read it on his iPad before. (laughs) I lied, but I was like, nearly, totally. Well, you put us out of our misery. I appreciate that. Um, This topic has been suggested by uh, two people. Lewis Head Jones from Wrexham in tonight. Didn't think so. (laughs) (laughs) What a a noise that was. (laughs) (laughs) Wrexham. Dreaming. (laughs) Coming in from Wrexham. Good luck in this traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And also, vaguely, uh, just in case they get annoyed, Jenny Asaro from Huntington Station in New York State, who kind of suggested a spin-off topic about a Dali-related art heist. But I hope to do that at a later stage in a... 
a bonus episode. Okay. Oh, we don't have time. We don't no. have time for your apologies, no. you little cuck. Let's get on with the report. <laughs> <laughs> I am holding back tears. <laughs> we'll get them out of you. <laughs> you want me to break once tonight? <laughs> Did I need to lean in there? That was weird. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'll rein I'll myself back in there. <laughs> I'll get out I'll of here. I'll get out of here. <laughs> Sounds like to me we've got a perv on stage. <laughs> right here. All right, let me tell you about Salvador Felipe Jacinto Dali E. Dominic. Born on May 11th, 1904 in the Catalonian town of Figueres, just inside the Spanish border with France in the foothills of the Pyrenees Mountains. Beautiful. Beautiful, Beautiful part of the world. God's, God's country. country. God's oh. country. Beautiful. That's Beautiful. Right. Um, his father, also Salvador Dali, was a well-paid notary who drew up... Wait, what? <laughs> no, no wonder he became a surrealist. He's his own dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if I tell you it gets even weirder? <laughs> Whoa. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, his father was a well-paid notary who drew up legal documents and according to the Smithsonian, he was an authoritarian figure in the artist's life. His mother, on the other hand, Philippa, came from a family that designed and sold decorated fans, boxes and other art objects. And that's where many people think the artistic street comes from. Yeah, yeah. And his mother greatly she, encouraged him. She sold boxes, very artistic very stuff. Very artistic <laughs> stuff, yeah. Very inspiring for a child. Well, according to Dali biographer Ian Gibson, she was proud of her son's childhood drawings. She would boast, when he says he'll draw a swan, he draws a swan. When he, when he says he'll do a duck, it's a duck. Big brag there from Mama, Mama Darling. Is he the melty guy? Are these melty ducks? Aww. Melty swans? Is it, am I thinking of the right guy? You're thinking of the right guy. When he says it's a melty duck, it's a melty duck. <laughs> uh, this is where it gets weird. His older brother, also named no. Salvador Dali. No. <laughs> He's his own dad and his own brother. I'm tripping balls well. right now. His brother had died nine months before he was born, so the young artist was often told that he was the reincarnation of his dead older brother. And his alive older father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was quite an impressionable rural child, as uh, many children are. Apparently they took him to his brother's graveside and said, you are his reincarnation. So, yeah, uh, he became a weird kid. <laughs> Uh, at the age of six, he wrote in his 1942 autobiography, The Secret Life of Salvador Dali, I wanted to be a cook, and at seven, I wanted to be Napoleon. <laughs> that sounds I mean, right. We all make that transition. Also, it's also not... If you're going to write a book about it, not much of a secret life anymore, is it? No. <laughs> Keep that secret to yourself, buddy. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll start telling all your secrets in a book. How are you like that? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Well, he had, he, <laughs> he had some weird secrets. Okay. He also wrote... Uh, <laughs> That's what, you're letting that... Few swings, few misses. <laughs> we never know what's going to happen up here. I'll keep swinging. <laughs> yeah, you'll keep swinging at the audience violently. Uh, he also wrote in this secret life, uh, at the age of five years, he encountered an almost dead bat covered with ants and then put it in his mouth 
bit it, and then tore the bat almost in half. So he, he confessed to some weird shit. That's right. Ozzy Osbourne was just a poor man, Salvador Dali. Where were the ants, Ozzy? So when he tore it almost in half, what are we talking about? Like two thirds? Yeah. I don't. What are we talking? Ninety-eight percent. Ah, it's hanging on by that's but not, a thread. That's not nearly half, Dave. That's nearly a hundred percent. Half is fifty percent. This is a maths nerd. <laughs> you suck. Thanks. You, you lent in again. That was weird. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, good note. Yeah. Good note. He was uh, pretty prolific from a young age. Um, Dali painted one of his earliest known works, Landscape of Figueres, his local town, in 1910, when he was six years old. The oil-on-postcard work depicts a scene in his hometown and now hangs in the Salvador Dali Museum in Florida. But honestly, if you look at it, it doesn't look like the work of a future superstar. Right. Okay. It's, it's a bit shit. So it's, yeah. a, it's a bit shit. Salvador Dali... What was it? The Salvador Dali... Museum. Is that his dad's or his brother's? <laughs> Uh, that is his dad's. <laughs> his parents built him an art studio to encourage him from a young age. But formally speaking, he wasn't a great student. He was prone to mucking about and his father gave, uh, he made him move to a French-speaking school after he failed at his uh, first school. But he wasn't that interested in learning. Instead, he daydreamed in class and already started uh, standing out from the others by wearing eccentric, odd clothing and sporting long hair. Oh, Can you believe that? Hippie. I like it. Uh, you're no good at school. Go to this other school that t- talks a different language. <laughs> That'll fix you up. Okay. <laughs> 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 I can picture a little Salvador. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe he couldn't speak to them with his voice, but he uh, began to embrace his love of public attention by throwing himself downstairs in front of his classmates and teachers. <laughs> the, uh, the international language. We've all been through yeah. that phase. Salvador, where's your homework? Well, let me answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> let me just uh, go to the top of these stairs to answer your question. Uh, his father couldn't tolerate his son's outbursts or eccentricities and punished him severely. He was constantly being kicked out of the family home. This as happened a, many as times. As a child. As a child, as a teenager, as an adult. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. He was also terrified of grasshoppers and other students threw them at him. <laughs> they are weird though, eh? Oh, yeah. And not surprisingly, he remained uh, scared of them for life. They really scarred him. Right. They're the ones that... the woman grasshopper eats the man grasshopper's head after they fuck. <laughs> Praying mantis is what I was talking about. <laughs> that was a good test. Yeah, well done. Ah, well done, grasshopper. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's a reference to a thing I don't understand, but um, I think it's from the 80s. Is that right? Fast forwarded a sketch about it before any of them were born, so. <laughs> That's your only reference in life. <laughs> I know, I only know things from Fast Forward, Full Frontal, and The Simpsons. That's all parodies. I've never lived a life. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me save you, Matt, by saying tragedy struck when Dali's mother died of cancer when he was 16, which he described as the greatest blow I had experienced in my life. Which she described that. No, as... he said that. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Which still sounds weird. Dying was honestly really shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> it 
It was not good. I would not recommend. Uh, his father married his dead wife's sister, and this move put further strain on Dali's relationship with his dad. They did not get along. People did not like that he found love again. <laughs> a lot of hate in the hearts of our audience here tonight. Which is disappointing to me, but maybe someone like you, Dave, would appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Team hate over here. <laughs> so he's not a good student, always fighting with his dad. But the whole time, he obviously had talent, uh, because his first public exhibition was in his hometown at just 14. And at 17, he was enrolled in the Madrid School of Fine Arts, where he lived on campus and grew his hair even longer, and now even rocked sideburns. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? What? He's I don't know, crazy. I can't believe it. Long hair and sideburns. Even longer hair. That's crazy. It's like he just didn't, didn't cut it, just, just kept growing. Yeah. That's fucking wild, He didn't man. know what to do. <laughs> it just keeps growing. <laughs> and again, formal study was not for him. He was expelled not once but twice. Uh, the first time for protesting when artist Daniel Vasquez Diaz was denied a professorship. Allegedly, Salvador was so annoyed that he started a riot on campus. <laughs> Uh, but they allowed him back to... Falling study. down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Come with me, guys. We're starting to rock. That's it. He's just pushing people down the stairs. <laughs> that guy did have a brilliant name. The Vasquez Daniel Diaz. Vasquez Diaz. Oh, I love Ooh, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that is good. I like just it. Just saying. Like, sometimes we're all allowed to agree with each other. Really? Meh. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um... So they, they, they let him come back the next year despite being expelled. Uh, but he was expelled for good when it came to his art history oral examination. I am very sorry, he declared, but I am infinitely more intelligent than these three professors and I therefore refuse to be examined by them. I just know this subject too well. <laughs> that is fucking badass. <laughs> and they kicked him out. That's, that is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Do you? I do. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he backed it up. He became a legend. That's yeah, true. that's yeah. true. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. He's more successful than them, almost certainly. Yeah. All right, bringing it back to the main man, Salvador Dali. I, I can't remember if I've read this sentence, so let me know. He returned once again to his hometown of Figueres and devoted himself intensely to painting. Is that new information? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. This is after he's been expelled. Uh, he then took a life-changing trip to Paris where he visited his hero, Pablo Picasso fellow Spaniard in his studio and found inspiration in what Cubists were doing. Uh, Dali then worked through a number of... Uh, st- <laughs> I did make another weird noise. Hey. Here. Um, <laughs> m- 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 uh, just warming up the pipes. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, your captain uh, speaking. <laughs> I was on a plane today. He did it. The captain's oh, in I was on favorite. a plane today. Oh, the here plane. we go. Oh, I just, I just landed. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> We get it. You're worldly. Have you had a COVID test? Where'd you fly from? Uh, Bermuda. <laughs> Is that good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so he met up with his uh, he met up with his old mate Pablo, and uh, he worked through a number of styles himself, trying cubism, futurism, impressionism. But it was the ideas of the surrealist artists and writers like Joan Miro, René Magritte, Paul Eluard and Max Ernst that really attracted the young artist. These artists were trying to apply the new psychoanalytical theories of Sigmund Freud to painting and writing. Yeah, mum's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little slip there. <laughs> you don't have to take every single chance. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot whose side I'm on there. That was so good. 
wasn't the Fuck worst you, Dave. <laughs> and we're right. back. A little, uh, little quiet time for Matt? Yep. A quiet time for both of us, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I've got a bit of text to get yeah. through here. Uh, Darley himself was already an avid reader of Sigmund Freud's psychoanalytic theories. He knew of Freud's ideas about sexual repression, taking the form of dreams and delusions, and he, Darley, attempted to recapture these dreams in paint and prose. And according to Biography.com, Darley's paintings became associated with three general themes. Number one, man's universe and sensations. Two, sexual symbolism. And three, ideographic imagery. So he had a bit of a perverse fascination with sex. And not to psychoanalyse him myself, but that can also probably be traced back to his childhood with his dad. Um, in, in Dali's youth, his father had left out a book with explicit photos of people suffering from advanced untreated venereal diseases to educate the boy. And the photos of grotesquely damaged disease genitalia fascinated and horrified young Dali, and he continued to associate sex with putrefaction. Were the, was it like melting dicks? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Wearing wristwatches. <laughs> Doing the wristwatch. <laughs> Puppetry the penis style. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, you've cracked something there. So, yeah. A bone. Cracked something. So, as well as sex, he's. Uh, he <laughs> I feel uh, there's no better thing to hear from an audience than. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that yeah. makes me feel good. Yeah, it feels right. It makes me feel like I should shut the fuck up. <laughs> And I'll, I did say I would do that, what, 30 <laughs> seconds ago? <laughs> and look how good you did for 30 seconds. All right, I'm going to... Hey, hey, little bud. <laughs> okay, no, no. Uh, as well as sex, his art frequently depicted Freudian imagery like staircases, keys, dripping candles, and a range of personal symbols like crutches, ants, and grasshoppers that he was still terrified from. In 1929, at the age of 25, he met the most significant person in his life, Eleanor Diakonova, a Russian immigrant 10 years his senior, commonly known as Gala. At this time, she was married to Dali's friend, the aforementioned surrealist writer Paul Eluwa. Although they had an open marriage and they both regularly had affairs, Gala eventually left Eluwa for Dali and would become his life partner, muse, business manager, and eventually his wife in 1934. So, quadruple threat there. <laughs> Uh, according to biography.com, quote, she helped balance, or one might say counterbalance, the creative forces in Dali's life. With his wild expressions and fantasies, he wasn't capable of dealing with the business side of being an artist. Gala took care of his legal and financial matters and negotiated contracts with dealers and exhibition promoters. So she sounds great, but his father wasn't happy with him hooking up with Gala and for some of his outlandish behaviour, calling him a, quote, perverted son on whom you cannot depend for anything and he permanently banished him from the family homes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for being a perv. You get out of here, perv! Uh, he's just a, just a couple of years away from becoming a multi-millionaire. <laughs> Bad move by Dad. But Dali and his future wife became inseparable. He even signed his paintings with both of their names. Oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, something wrong with me, because I went... Sorry, did anybody else feel like that? Or yeah. Okay, oh, thank God. I was like, oh, I need help. Um, oh, I was like... <laughs> Gross. He'd definitely bring her to a wedding even if it didn't have a plus one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
exclusively uses we. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm not sure if we're free. Oh, I didn't invite you both. <laughs> uh, he... Sorry, I've got a therapy appointment very soon. <laughs> joint email, joint Facebook. Uh, Dali once claimed that without Gala he would be insane and it's probably no coincidence that after meeting her his art really took off. Uh, the 1930s was his decade. In 1931, he painted what is still probably his most famous painting, The Persistence of Memory, featuring melting clocks and watches. And it's been frequently referenced and parodied in culture. That was very good. I was trying not to interrupt, and then I fucking nailed it. Uh, for those at home, people are politely applauding Dali's greatest art. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they know a good thing. Uh, the Persistence of Memory, he originally sold it for 250 bucks. Uh, and since 1934, it's hung in the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. 250, I could buy that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, Brag. Yeah. You yeah. got 250 bucks. Well, not on me, but <laughs> you, you could put a down payment on the hat around. I <laughs> but you're th sitting there thinking, where does he get these wacky ideas? Uh, it was during this time that he started to make himself hallucinate. He pioneered what he called the paranoid critical method. Designed to help him access his subconscious. One of the ways he would ex access this delirious state without drugs or alcohol was to stare at an object and try and see something different within it. Sometimes, like when you try and see an object in a cloud, but he would just stare at something for like hours. You know, like when you try and see an object in a cloud, like we all do. <laughs> that's, a, that's a relatable thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Fuck you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. What kind of childhood did you have? Well, I understand when you see something in a cloud, but I don't. I'm picturing Dave going, I'm going to see some one of these clouds. <laughs> I will, I'll do it. <laughs> nah, still nothing. <laughs> I'm a virgin. <laughs> oh, look up. It's just Jess has got a sign writer. Virgin. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he's asking, he stares at shit or try to keep himself in the state between sleep and wakefulness. According to Mental Floss, he would nap with a spoon in his hand and a mixing bowl in his lap. And when he fell asleep, the spoon would fall into the bowl and would wake him up. And he would continue to do this over and over and over until he became, until he became only semi-conscious. Just do drugs, yeah, fuck! What no. are you doing? He's doing it the old school way. Fucking take a... Cap, here we go. Uh, Fuck me. Grow up. Grow Salvador. up. It didn't always go well. Often it would put him into a self-induced paranoid state. And after Drugs. emerging from the state, Dali would create, quote, hand-painted dream photographs from what he'd witnessed. Hand-painted dream, dream photographs. photographs. What? Yeah, that's completely... That's confusing. That is confusing, isn't it? I'm absolutely confused by that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're thinking, hang on, is this guy crazy? Well, he addressed that... Stop telling them what they're thinking. <laughs> well, I'm trying to answer a question here, Jess. He addressed that question, which he often got, which was... <laughs> Sorry, Jess. Uh... No, it's fine, David. <laughs> I'm just trying, to, just trying to tell a story the right way here. <laughs> you could learn a thing or two, mate. <laughs> Too much? Too much? <laughs> Uh, I do like this quote. Often people say, are you crazy? And he would say, the difference between a madman and me is that I am not mad. 
And it is hard to argue with that. Honestly, it is. Oh, I hate people who answer questions like that. Is it yes or no, you piece of shit? Beautifully said, Jess. Thank you so much. Uh, Fuck 19... you, Dave. Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in 1933, he enjoyed solo exhibitions in Paris and New York City and became, quote, surrealism's most exotic and prominent figure. He'd hit the big time, baby, and in 1936, he was featured on the cover of Time magazine. <gasps> Whoa. Wow. Oh, the 30s are going great. I bet, they... <laughs> I bet they'll end just as well. <laughs> I'm no history buff, but I've I got a good feeling early, yeah. about this. <laughs> I think the early 40s are going to be great. Well, some art critics argued that his colourful personality and antics was overshadowing his art. Oh, no. Uh, for example, Biography.com recalls, at the opening of the London Surrealist Exhibition in 1936, he delivered a lecture titled Authentic Paranoid Ghosts, whilst dressed in a wetsuit, carrying a billiard cue and walking a pair of Russian wolfhounds. <laughs> Okay, now I like it. <laughs> Before I was like, mm. now I'm like, this guy rocks. <laughs> He's in a wetsuit. Yeah. That's sick. That's Because surfers are hot. He's a hot guy. Yeah. And he's got two hot dogs. All right. And a billiard cue. Uh, he later said that his attire was a depiction of plunging into the depths of the human mind, oh, you know? That's yeah. what I was thinking as yeah, well. Yeah, me too. You get art. Yeah. You get it. I get art. That's the cue. Shouldn't shouldn't pull pull shark in the depths of the ocean? Oh, yes. And he's yes. in, the, in a wetsuit and he's in the water and he's having a go, isn't he? Yep. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> There's no wrong answers in art. Mm. Uh, Which is what makes it so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. Oh, well, sorry, the artists in the room tonight. Which I include myself <laughs> as one. <laughs> But okay, You're so an artist. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you saw my show last okay, week. And it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty well good. Well done, and we're very proud of you. But pretty good art. art yeah. Thank you. That was, like, you it got was very me. artistic. I got sassed. It doesn't feel good. No. How do you put up with this? I cry every night. <laughs> cool. <laughs> crying is cool. Yeah, crying's great. The only way virgins get wet. <laughs> I've got really good aim now. (laughs) (laughs) How is that the crookest thing that's ever been said on this podcast? (laughs) You did it. I was fucking tables a few weeks ago. (laughs) Don't bring up the tables, mate. Look, we got here because he's in a wetsuit, and I've got to tell you about that. So he's in a diving... So are you in your pyjamas, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Every suit's a wetsuit and you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he's not just in a wetsuit, he's in a full diving suit. So no one could actually hear his lecture that he was giving. But it was one of those old-school diving suits and he'd been bolted in by a mechanic... And in a few minutes in, he started to run out of oxygen. <laughs> he tried to gesture that, he, gesture that he needed help removing the helmet, but the audience took it as part of his performance and just started laughing. 
And the more he gestured, the more they laughed. Uh, it's been said he nearly died in the suit until someone eventually cottoned on and freed him. I that's thought uh, that was going to be the end of the report. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish that's how he died. That'd be amazing. A little insight there. To our little German friend. Have you ever? Have you seen? The only time I've seen him portrayed on the big screen is in uh, Midnight in Paris. Have you seen him in that? He's a famous actor. Ad- is Adrian? Adrian Brody? Brody. That's right. Oh, man, I love it so much. It's not worth bringing up now, but the way he says "rinoceros," I love it. I love it. I think about it so much. Rinoceros. Dali. Rhinoceros. <laughs> I love it. You, you, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, okay. You don't support the works of that quite bad man. But um, what's, the, who, what's the guy that Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Regret bringing that up. <laughs> Rhinoceros. Great film. Great film. Yeah, saved it. Uh, he also made, uh, he frequently made controversial statements that landed him in hot water, according to the Smithsonian again. In the mid-1930s, he confessed that he dreamed of Adolf Hitler as a woman whose flesh ravished me. Wait, wait, what? wait, what? <laughs> Can you start that again? He dreamt of Adolf Hitler as a, as a woman, quote, yes. whose flesh ravished me. Oh, you've made someone furious. <laughs> <laughs> or real horny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh. I really hope the mics picked that up. There was quite a clattering at the back of the room there. How did that start? What was the sentence before that? Uh, he, he had made controversial statements that often got him in hot water. Okay. Uh, and Although he insisted he rejected Hitlerism, despite such fantasies, the surrealists who were allied to the French Communist Party expelled him in 1939, so he was kicked out of his own thing. Oh, you can't even have a sex dream about Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> now they're trying to police what's going on up here. <laughs> oh, okay, there's a few fucking... <laughs> My Nazis in the room tonight. <laughs> Not even let you having horny Nazi dreams. All right. I'm losing control of this. Hot water. Is there some way we can work that into the wetness you were talking about before? <laughs> I've tried it. Uh... <laughs> Can, can you explain that no, a little no, bit more? No, or no, don't. Or no, never mention don't it again. Dwell on, don't dwell on it, please. Uh, I've tried it. Yeah, I tried to fuck a hot water bottle. Battle? It was... <laughs> it was a bit of a battle. A bit of a battle. So he made controversial statements. He also once praised, this, uh, praised the Spanish dictator and fascist uh, Francisco Franco, and that really upset a lot of people, but the statements didn't stop him from making uh, many famous friends. He met uh, Coco Chanel, who invited him to paint at her house, and then he met... Just paint her house? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of those, yeah. Hey, you want to come over for a barbecue (laughs) and paint my house? (laughs) Just make make it white, please. (laughs) But before we do that, I've got to move some stuff over. (laughs) Could you pick me up? (laughs) He also met his hero, Sigmund Freud. After painting his portrait, Dali was thrilled to learn that Freud had said, so far I was led to consider completely insane the Surrealists, who I think think I'd been adopted as their patron saint. But this young Spaniard with his candid, fanatical eyes and his undeniable technical mastery has made me change my mind. You love that. Apparently Freud also said, that boy looks like a fanatic. (laughs) 
And Dali was like, that's sick. He <laughs> 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 did a lot of cool stuff. In February, he met the Marx Brothers in Hollywood. Along with Harper, he began working on a script for a film entitled Giraffes on Horseback Salad. <laughs> which was never produced. <laughs> but Giraffes they made it. on Horseback Salad. Yeah. I hate it. They uh, ended up making a film called Duck Soup, though. Did it come from that? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you have no, no follow-up questions. Did you see his face there? That's yeah. his pity face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he Why did... did he pity me? I was just asking a question. Don't you Does he hate him. learning? Don't you dare. Does he hate people being inquisitive? <laughs> Uh, he went to Hollywood to work with Alfred Hitchcock on the film Spellbound, whose dreamlike sequences were created by Dali. And uh, Walt Disney approached him to make a short film in uh, 1945. It got shelved, but they made it in 1999. <laughs> shelved is a funny word. <laughs> I regretted saying it. Uh, they eventually made the Disney film in 2003, and you can watch it on YouTube, and it is fucking weird. Uh, but Dali and his wife Gala moved to the United States during the Second World War when German troops entered France. And he was like, go get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and in the USA, his notoriety only grew. And it was during his time in the 40s that he began to sport his now iconic moustache. Oh. Ah, the Hitler moustache. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the 1920s, Salvador Dali had been beardless. Repeat, beardless. But in the 19... <laughs> <laughs> but in the 1930s... <laughs> He grew a moustache in the style of American actor Adolf Menju. He called... He did. It was an Adolf-style moustache. <laughs> <laughs> and Dali himself called it the smallest moustache in the world. And Hitler was like, yeah, I beg to differ. <laughs> Hold my beer, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Famous Adolf Hitler saying. Hold the beer, bitch. <laughs> Sorry if that's offensive to your people, Dave. <laughs> that's offensive to everyone. <laughs> that was the worst accent I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, but by 1954, it had become his iconic look to the point that he was able to publish a book about it called Dali's Mustache. And at the time of publication, the mustache was 25 centimetres long. Uh, he became a household name and the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Modern Art in New York City gave him his own retrospective <laughs> in 1941. Uh, Dali was obsessed with money and admitted he felt the need to accumulate wealth and his output was prodigious and crossed many mediums. Basically, he's the biggest sellout you'll ever know. He made sculptures, designed jewellery, clothing, furniture, painted sets for ballets, which he also designed costumes and sometimes wrote the script, made documentaries, gave talks, appeared in numerous commercials, wrote for magazines and wrote and published poetry and fiction, including a book called 50 Secrets of Magic. Ooh. He wrote a magic book! <laughs> so he's very busy. In 1950... Wait, hang on. Was he a virgin? <laughs> uh, 50 Secrets of Magic? That's the kind of book I've seen on your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I love magic books. There's a lot of awe over here. <laughs> this is the most sympathetic crowd yeah. we've had in quite a while. And I love that. I too oh, am an empath. Poor little virgin. <laughs> Jess is a big empath too. Look at her. She's feeling all of what you're given. I don't understand what it means. <laughs> 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website to make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred one. Wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred two? It goes all the way to one hundred two. <laughs> <laughs> You can customise everything with next-generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow, like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. Um, so we did a lot of stuff, but in 1969... Nice. Thank you. Thank you. He designed one of his most enduring creations, the logo for Chupper Chups. What? Yes. What? Yes. What? All right, quickly, favourite Chupper Chup. Go. Ooh, strawberries Ooh. and cream. Oh, that is my least favourite. Oh, uh, for me, it's anything but Choc Banana. Yeah, oh, hey, Banana. The cream one suck. Oh, Number one, strawberry, yeah. classic. Number two, lemon, classic. Okay. <laughs> I had him a lot. Yeah. The, the yeah. cream ones are fucking no good. Yeah, gross. Oof. What's green? Cream. Cream. The one you said. Cream. Mm. That's what I just saw from you. Cream. Something Dave's never done. <laughs> Yes! He's done it! Was, was that the Sigmund Freud perv again? Was that you? Who was that? Who was that? I loved it. I loved the shame that he felt admitting to it. <laughs> but I also loved how much we connected in that moment. I've been thinking it for ages. <laughs> so he designed... Yes. Another thing Dave's never said... <laughs> That's what I say every time I come. <laughs> yes. yes! Did it again! Yeah. <laughs> Thank God! 
<laughs> Thought I was out of this game, but I did it again. High five and whoever's around. Feeling like we're bordering on oversharing now. It does feel like we're doing do go on after dark a bit, doesn't it? You're doing a lot of the heavy lifting. <laughs> of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking perv. So, so we made the Chopper Chops logo. Did you guys know this? Some people know this. No. Uh, Spanish candy maker Enrique Bernatch, originally called the Lollipops Goal, taking inspiration of scoring a goal in football. In his mind, the lollipop was like a ball going into the kid's mouth, which was like a net. <laughs> I do not like that at all. And then he reached out to an advertising company and they said, you should change this. So they called it Chopper Chops, a reference to the Spanish verb chupa, which means to suck. It's not much better. <laughs> then one and day... And chop a small child. <laughs> Honestly made it worse, but... Um... <laughs> and you are on your own now. <laughs> then I thought they'd go with me on that, and they <laughs> left me. <laughs> much what... like a woman left a... <laughs> Oh, I wish there was someone to leave me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, too empathetic, this crowd. It's okay. It's just a joke, guys. Dave Fox. He fucks. He honest, to be honest, right, honestly, he when he's on stage, is one of the few times he's not fucking. Yes. <laughs> That's he's why fine. it's funny. He fucks a lot. Jeez. Look at him. Too much. <laughs> I have a problem. Yes. <laughs> this is a cry for help. <laughs> So the guy, he's rebranding. He was like, oh, Chopper Chops, they're still not taking off. So one day he's having coffee with his friend, Salvador Dali. And this is according to uh, the website Co-Design. And he complained about the Chopper Chops logo. Dali, no stranger to an opportunity, reportedly spent an hour drawing designs on a newspaper. And then he gave it to him and insisted the logo be put on the top. And then the candy took off around the world and the logo has remained largely unchanged. And according to Forbes, Dali was paid a million dollar sum. For drawing on a newspaper and handing it to his mate, going, there oh, you go. I love it. That's sick. That's so Did good. Did you know that about Dali and Chop Chop? No. And also, he probably didn't pay for the coffee that day because uh, <laughs> I think I may have mentioned this on episode one of this podcast. Uh, when the bill would come, he would pay with a check and then do a quick doodle on the back, knowing that as an original Dali artwork, the art would be worth more than the check and the business would never cash it. <laughs> so he could just get free shit everywhere he went. That's clever. That is very clever. You mentioned that on the Mona Lisa episode. I think I might have mentioned Love, that, yeah. that's a fun fact. I, re I remember that very well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I probably would have said that I did a uh, tour in uh, Montmartre in uh, Paris. The, yes, the Bobos, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said it every four or five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you were shoehorn it in somehow. But uh, Pablo Picasso, his, his hero, would go around doing the same thing. He'd, he'd uh, do a picture to pay his bill... And the guy go, could you sign it? And he's like, I only want to buy this meal, not the restaurant. <laughs> Sorry to paraphrase you there, so. Uh, after World War II, he became obsessed with the splitting of the atom and referred to this period of his work as nuclear mysticism, incorporating optical illusions, holography, holographs, fuck you. <laughs> And geometry in his paintings. Ho, 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 ho. That was you trying to say holographs? 
Holography. That's not a word, is it? No, that's no good. Holography. Oh. That sounds all right. Yeah. Thank you. But I prefer when you say, ho, 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 holography. Ho, 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 <laughs> we are, we're getting towards the end here, but he, uh, he also continued his outlandish stunts, all of which contributed to his fame in mythology. Um, Mental Floss writes, Dali and Gala were known for throwing elaborate, bizarre dinner parties. At one, a fundraiser in Monterey, California in 1941, guests like Bob Hope and Alfred Hitchcock were asked to dress up as their own dreams. Gala, for example, wore a unicorn's head. Dali borrowed monkeys from the San Francisco Zoo for the evening... <laughs> and guests were served fish in satin shoes, followed by live frogs. The event was so lavish that rather than raising money for refugee artists as it was designed to, it actually lost them money. <laughs> <laughs> the zoo just lent him monkeys. Yeah. Sound like for a cost if they were losing cash. Yeah. This in 1955. Dog of yeah. a zoo. Hey, you're not just going to lend Dali monkeys? He's having a fucking good time, you dogs. What a pack of dogs. What a pack of dogs. Give me a monkey. All right. Nice. <laughs> Matt, I got us a monkey. What kind? Uh. Howler. Howler? <laughs> Baby did a bad, bad thing. Yeah. Beautiful. It works with everything. You've been saving me a lot tonight. <laughs> In 1955, he showed up for a lecture in Paris in a Rolls-Royce stuffed to the roof with 1,100 pounds of cauliflower. <laughs> I love that. So he could barely fit in the car. The painter told journalist Mike Wallace that the point of the stunt was that he had discovered the logarithmic curve of a cauliflower, which is just bullshit. Uh, the Smithsonian refers to a time in 1962 when to promote a photography book called The World of Salvador Dali. He dressed in a golden robe and lay on a bed in a Manhattan bookstore... Attended by a doctor, a nurse and gala, he signed books while wired to a machine that recorded his brain waves and blood pressure. A copy of this data was then printed and given to the purchaser of the book. So he's just, he's doing this crazy stuff. In the 60s, he made friends with Andy Warhol and while staying at, at a hotel on Fifth Avenue, Warhol brought over a silkscreen painting as a gift for Dali. Dali reportedly threw it on the ground at the hotel and repeated, uh, re proceeded to piss all over it. Rather than get offended, Warhol supposedly loved the whole episode. Which is what we're going to do for you all tonight. Yeah. <laughs> if you brought your ticket printed out, we will piss on it as a memento. So, I've never seen such an ungrateful... <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to piss on your stuff. It's like, what do you want? What if do you, you want from us? If you want, I will cry on it. I will do that for you. I will do but that. But he will not come on it. <laughs> doesn't matter. Well, he doesn't know how. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> Again, Dave Fox. <laughs> we have been told. <laughs> You're by, saying Dave, one, yeah. by Dave. By Dave. Yeah. He probably doesn't fuck. <laughs> He's a virgin. <laughs> We're I'm back not. to where we began. I'm not. I'm not. a roller coaster. Uh, in the 1960s, the mayor of uh, Figueres in Spain, Dali's hometown, asked the artist to donate a piece to the city's art museum. Instead, he declared he would donate an entire museum. Whoa. He spent the next 14 years setting it up, uh, decorating the facade with giant sculptures of eggs and bread rolls. 
It opened in 1974 when he was 70 and is still open as a very, very popular tourist bakery. attraction. Bakery. Wow. Yeah. It is a bakery. <laughs> they were like, we just wanted one painting. <laughs> yeah, and he's like... This took 14 Here's years. all of them. He bought Gala a castle as a, a retreat in the town of Pubyol, which was apparently only allowed... He was only allowed to visit her there on written invitation. Oh, okay. So things are going well. Yeah. Did <laughs> you buy me a castle? On written invitation. <laughs> I wasn't following. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to send you a text inviting you to buy me a castle. Thou shall be done. Uh, you, you're right, though. Things were not going that well. His last years were his hardest. Darley lived in fear of Gala's abandonment, and this caused him into a, a spiral of depression. And she died in 1982 at the age of 87, and after Darley's depression worsened, he moved into the Pubyol castle attended by nurses. And quoting from the Smithsonian... Um, he needed a lot of care and attention. His incessant use of a coal button caused a short circuit that set off a fire in his bed and badly burnt his leg. He was hitting the call button so much it started a fire. I, look, I'm on inside there. That feels like that's not his fault. <laughs> no matter how much you call some the nurse, I reckon a fire shouldn't be started. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That's nuts. Uh, friends moved him into an extension of his own museum back in his hometown of uh, Figueres, where he spent his final years. Uh, in the last couple of years, he suffered from a motor disorder that meant he couldn't hold a paintbrush anymore and he couldn't express himself that way, which obviously was pretty awful for him. Sadly, all good things must come to an end. And Salvador Dali died on January 23rd, 1989, at the age of 84, and he was buried in the crypt of his own Dali Theatre Museum. <laughs> like a like a dinner and show kind of yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> he would have he would have loved it. His artistic legacy has been debated over the years. Some art critics say everything he did post his surrealism in the 30s is no good, having peaked very early. But his popularity has not waned. Many of his paintings hang in the most famous art galleries in the world, sell for millions of dollars, and his museum is his in his very small hometown receives over a million visitors per year. Wow. Uh, that's cool. And that's a small town, right? Very, like, basically, that's the reason that people go there. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, never far away from controversy, even in death, in June 2017, a judge in Madrid uh, ordered that Dali's body be exhumed to settle a paternity case. A 61-year-old Spanish woman claimed that her father had an affair with the artist while she was working uh, as a maid for his neighbour. Wait, her father? That's going to be very hard to prove. <laughs> Two dudes... Uh, my dad and Salvador Dali had an affair. I reckon one of them was my mum, somehow. <laughs> and the judge is like, dig him up. <laughs> dig him up. Uh, I, did, I did misspeak. It was his mother. Apparently had an affair. Uh, but in September, the results from the... So they dug him up. They did the DNA test. The results from the DNA test revealed that Dali was not the father. But we did learn one important thing from the exhumation. His trademark moustache is intact. Whoa. Even like, like mummified. According to the forensic experts who saw the body, his famous waxed moustache has remained in perfect oh position since his death 28 years earlier. That's amazing. Still up like that. Wow. <laughs> on the, like, on, on Salvador Scully. Really, like... Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to end on a pun, yeah! Is that a pun? That's a pun. 
technically, we did not end on a pun. We ended on Jess questioning whether or not I should have gone for that. <laughs> Scully, really? No, I was more like, are you okay? <laughs> oh, you meant that. I apologise. No. That's wild. That's great. That's, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, I he... love to think that that moustache is living on beyond <laughs> us all. hate it. Yuck, oh. why is it there? Although, where does hair go? What do you mean, where does it go? It, I don't, I don't want to ask follow-up questions. Where does hair where go? Where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We ask the big questions here. <laughs> where does hair go? That's such a fun question. Where does it go? I wish science could answer it. But... <laughs> Sadly, they we'll don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's the life of Salvador Dali. Wow. Dave Warnicky, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. What a tale. I can't believe rhinoceroses were never brought up, but... Yeah, that's Rhinoceros. <laughs> His greatest legacy. <laughs> That was a great tale. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, well done, Dave. Thank you very, very much. I knew none of that. Really? Not one bit, other than his name, that I read off your thing. <laughs> Still annoyed by that. And well, don't make your text so yeah, big. Yeah. All those heroes of his, like, you read them like we were all meant to know who they were. Did you like know Like Picasso. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's also in that movie. See. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what a fantastic effort. Um, wow. Uh, you've already applauded him. And um, we Thank can't you. go through that again. Now why don't you give it up for the Sass Twins? <laughs> Nothing wrong with asking for applause. Nothing, Nothing wrong, with, wrong that. with that. Nothing, Nothing wrong, wrong with, with that. that. I, uh, Thanks so much for coming out. We yeah, really do appreciate all. it. Thank you so much for coming out. Can we have a big round of applause for the European Beer Cafe? Yeah. <laughs> We got Julio on sound, yeah. Emma and Vinny are filming this thing, thank you so much. And to all of you for coming out, we love you. We'll see you next time. Good night. Later. Bye. And you're back with Dave. Wasn't that just a bit of fun? Honestly, it really was. It did. Matt did say it sounded, felt a bit like a, a late night show, that one. Somehow, 8.30 on a Sunday night. It was honestly like we were doing 11 p.m. on a Saturday. But sometimes these things happen. And uh, yeah, it was really, really fun. So I'm back basically to let you know that it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. And that is the fact, quote, or question segment, which goes a little like this. Sing along, Humphrey. My dog's here, by the way. Fact, quote, or question. The ding came from Humphrey. He's a good boy. No, it is my turn to uh, take you through the fact, quote, or question and basically give back to the people that give us so much. The Patreon supporters. People have been supporting this show for years now on Patreon at patreon.com slash do go on pod. And in exchange for you supporting the show, we'll give you a bunch of rewards, some benefits that other people don't get, including three bonus episodes a month that we put out just for those people. There's over 100 to get through now if you want to sign up and uh, go through the back catalogue. Got a bit of time to kill. Lots of funny stuff in there, I think. You also get access to uh, pre-sale for any shows we're ever doing, including this one live at the European Beer Cafe. The Patreon got first. You get to vote for topics, which is actually what happened on this episode. Change the history of the show. 
And of course, contribute to the fact, quote, or question. And that is when people give us, a, can you believe it, a fact, a quote, or a question, they also get to give themselves a title. And uh, first up this week, we have Colin and Lee Wright. Thank you, Colin and Lee, who have given themselves the titles of Volunteer Local Guides and Location Scouts for the 2022, in brackets, fingers crossed, Do Go On American Tour. Honestly, I'm crossing every single digit I have for this. It's been our dream for many years now. Things just keep getting in the way, but hopefully the world opens up again soon and we'll be over there. And Colin and Lee Wright, I can't wait to see where you think we should go. Because I guess we'll just follow your itinerary. So it's just easier that way. So thank you so much. And uh, Colin and Lee have given me a quote to read out. Love a quote. It's probably the the least popular of the contributions. But, you know, honestly, very well received by us. So the quote is, quote, You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view. Until you climb in his skin and walk around in it. And that is Atticus Finch from Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. And in the words of Colin and Lee... One of my favourite books, which Dave did a great job covering on BookCheat. Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, that was one of my favourite episodes too. Uh, and one of my uh, favourite books, I'd say. It's very, very good. Uh, Colin and Lee continue. I like this quote because it's how about how incredibly important empathy is for getting through this life together. And also because it could be taken out of context as a quote from a serial killer. <laughs> but mostly the empathy, empathy thing. Yeah, I get that. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view. Until you climb in his skin and walk around in it. <laughs> it's very Hannibal Lecter-esque, isn't it? Great stuff. Thank you so much, Colin and Lee. Uh, the next one comes from John Jason Matthew Luna. Fantastic name. He's given themselves the title of Australia's first Texas Ranger and cat wrestler, in brackets, I fear no cat. I love it. Thank you so much, John Jason, who's given a, a fact. Love a fact as well. I love to learn. And of course, I don't fact check these. And like Matt, I'm reading these for the first time right now. So let's give it a crack. But I'm trusting you, John Jason. You know your stuff. Who's told us that deodorant wasn't invented until 1910. Wow, that's late. So don't time travel to before then. Folks were extra stinky and it just wasn't a good time to have a sense of smell. Also, can I get Matt to tell my kids, Leela and Brock, I'm super proud of them both. Oh, can I do it? I'm also, honestly, Jason, John Jason, I'm happy to let your kids know, leave them on a box that you're proud of them. But does that mean anything to you? Do you want this? No? They only respect Matt. I get it. I get it. I really do. Uh, thank you for giving us a fun way to learn some history each week. Y'all are truly the best. Hey, so are you. And you know what, John Jason? I'm proud of you. Appreciate that. Uh, the next one is another fact. Love a fact. And this week we are learning from Sophie Tutor. In brackets, it doesn't bother me how you say it, but it's a hard C-H, like choo-choo train. I nailed it, Sophie! <laughs> yes. Sophie Tutor, who is giving themselves the nickname Triptych Club Chef. Ooh, just trying to find a way to get in early. Oh, okay. You would like to be one of the staff out the back helping us out. Well, okay. Obviously, the Triptych Club is something I'll introduce in a second where you are. You get uh, access all areas to our very exclusive club. Uh, we have uh, some fantastic hors d'oeuvres every week. And um, Sophie Tudor, if you'd like to organise those, but of course uh, you will be in a curtained off area of the place. We can't let anyone get in before their time is due. Uh, um, I know you understand. No, thank you so much. I appreciate your support and uh, your little snacks. You are quite the chef. And uh, the fact from Sophie Tudor is... 
There are only two countries in the world that are double landlocked, meaning they are surrounded only by landlocked countries. Does anyone know them? Obviously, this would be better if I was with Matt or Jess right now. I'm going to pause for anyone at home. No, not that one. No, okay, yes. Uh, mm -hmm, One in Europe, yes. Liechtenstein is correct, well done. And the other one? Okay, it's one of the stands, that helps. It is Uzbekistan, correct. Wow, two from two, you guys. That is amazing. Liechtenstein and Uzbekistan. They are landlocked, surrounded by countries that themselves are landlocked. It's a good trivia fact. Thank you, Sophie Tudor. And finally, a man that witnessed the episode that we just recorded live in the room, and will know that we did have to edit out quite a bit of stuff. <laughs> and that is Siraj Pierus. Thanks, Siraj. He's given himself the title of the accidental drink thief. Huh. Whose drink did you steal? We'll never know. Or maybe you'll let us know. Thank you so much, Siraj, who has given us a fact as well, and that is the royal family changed their name to sound less German. It used to be Warnicky, but anglicized it to Windsor. I did not know that. No, he's written, no, that's not true. It used to be Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. They changed it in 1917 and chose Windsor because they had ties with the English town. Aha. There you go. My family did not change their name because they're not cowards like uh, those clowns from Buckingham Palace. Now I'm trying to be Matt, be anti-monarchist, but I think that my, on the Queen episode, Jess and I were very pro-Queen. Who knows? It's hard to uh, keep canon going here on your own. you got to attack it from all sides. So thank you, Sahar. Siraj is what I mean to say. So Colin Lee, John Jason, Sophie Tudor, and Siraj. And uh, the next thing uh, to get to is to thank a bunch of our Patreon supporters. Now, you get a shout-out, of course, if you are on a certain level of uh, our Patreon. And uh, we usually uh, come up with something to give them a shout-out connected to the topic and uh because it was a live one i had to uh cut this bit out like it just on the on the spot i didn't have i had a list of some of uh salvador dali's greatest artwork titles i think that he was a great self-promoter great at uh getting attention if you will by throwing himself down the stairs but also other stuff and i th- also think he's just great at packaging himself up as a product if you will and one of those things was coming up with titles for his work uh, for example, I'm not going to give this a so on because uh, it's a bit erotic, but uh, one of his titles is Young Virgin Auto-Sodomized by the Horns of Her Own Chastity. And that one once hung in the Playboy Mansion. So I've gone through, there are a couple of thousand of these listed online, but uh, I've picked out some of my favorite titles. And you know what? I'm going to give these pieces of art to these Patreon supporters. They're chucking in a few bucks a month, and in exchange, they are now getting millions of dollars worth of art. This could be you. So, first up, I would like to thank, from Canterbury in England, Charlie Cleary. Charlie Cleary. I'm going to give you the Salvador Dali painting, Autumnal Cannibalism. Autumnal Cannibalism. You can hang that in the study if you like. Uh, Probably not the kitchen, but uh, you do you. Charlie Cleary, thank you so much for your support. Autumnal Cannibalism. I would like to thank next from Lexington in North Carolina, a state where I believe in some places they have blue fire engines. Uh, maybe in Lexington. Renee Lazar is who I'm talking about. Thank you so much, Renee. And your title for your work that you can now hang proudly in Lexington is Honey is Sweeter Than Blood, which is both factually accurate and also a great title. Honey is Sweeter Than Blood. 
Thank you so much, Renee. Next up, from Royersford in Pennsylvania, I would like to thank Michael Maltman. And Michael Maltman, to go along with your malt, soft construction with boiled beans, in brackets, premonition of civil war. <laughs> Anything with beans is all right by a bean boy over here. That's for you, Michael Maltman. Thank you so much. I would like to thank from West Valley City in Utah, Brighton Orton. Brighton Orton and your fantastic artwork is titled Shirley Temple, the youngest, most sacred monster of the cinema in her time. Shirley Temple, the youngest, most sacred monster of the cinema in her time. Brighton Orton, come on down. That is your prize tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, bringing a bit, a little bit closer to home in Leichhardt, New South Wales. Shout out to Jessica Gillett Sheetha. Great name, Jessica Gillett Sheetha. And uh, you've got a great name, and so does the title of your artwork, Galatea of the Spheres. Galatea of the Spheres. Jessica Gillette Sheetha. Thank you so much. Next up from Al Monte in California, Patrick Villegas. Patrick Villegas. And uh, your title is the Hallucinogenic Toreador. Hallucinogenic Toreador. I think Toreador is, of course, a bullfighter. Uh, not a job you want to be taking hallucinogens before you get out there. I, of course, do not support bullfighting in any form, but if you are to do it, uh, do not take hallucinogenic drugs before you get out there in your bullring. Patrick Villegas, thank you, or Villegas. I would now like to thank, uh, from an unknown location, I can only imagine they live in the Fortress of the Moles, deep beneath us, Andrea Dezano. Thank you so much, Andrea. And uh, you can hang in the Fortress of the Moles. This is your title. It's a bit of a mouthful. Geopoliticus Child Watching the Birth of the New Man. Geopoliticus Child Watching the Birth of the New Man. Wow. Andrea Dezano. Thank you so much for your support. Now, from Kings Langley in New South Wales, I would like to thank Jen V. Or is that Jen the Fifth? Jen V, Jen the Fifth. I'm not sure. But, Jen, this is what you're getting. Raphael-esque head exploding. When you look this one up, it is what it says on the tin. Raphael-esque head exploding. That is yours. Yours to keep, honestly. Seriously. Um, don't ask me how I got these artwork. I did mention at the start of the episode that there was a Salvador Dali-based art heist that I am hoping to do a Patreon bonus episode on soon. So, is this where I got those artworks? Who knows? Uh, Jen, thank you so much. And finally, from Rutherglen, not the place in uh, Victoria here in Australia where they have fantastic Parker pies, but I imagine they also have fantastic pies in Rutherglen, Scotland. And a big shout out to Chloe, Chloe rather, Nicole Edwards. And Chloe, hanging proudly in Rutherglen, you will have Venus de Milo with drawers. Household Furniture and High Art, Venus de Milo with Drawers. I love it. So thank you so much to Charlie, Renee, Michael, Brighton, Jessica, Patrick, Andrea, Jen, and Chloe for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. And honestly, there's only one thing left to do, and that is check if there are any members of the Triptych or Tripditch Club. And I have got a few people to joining us tonight. This is, of course, people that have been supporting the show for three consecutive years on the shout-out level, and we induct them into a Hall of Fame-type clubhouse where we have food, we have drinks, we have live music, and uh, I also try and hype them up a little bit. 
Uh, we've got Sophie Tudor in the kitchen, uh, of course. We've got a Dali-esque party going on tonight. And uh, everyone's coming dressed up as their own dreams. And uh, there's the monkeys borrowed from the San Francisco Zoo. And uh, guests will be served fish in satin shoes, followed by live frogs. And if that's not wacky and weird enough tonight, the drink tonight, it's a classic screwdriver, orange juice and vodka. But it's not orange, it's blue. What? What is this, a blue? No, it's orange juice. And as for a band, I have picked uh, booked a group that I think that Dali would be impressed by because their shows are sort of out of this world. It's not just the music. There's a lot going on on stage, and that is the Flaming Lips will be joining us. So cannot wait for that to accompany our frogs. And uh, these are the people that have been supporting us this week for three consecutive years. And honestly, a huge shout-out to all of you. And uh, what I'm going to try and do is hype you up. I'm your hype guy. Uh, obviously, usually I have Jess hyping me up, so we'll see how I go. Um... As I'm hyping these people, then usually Matt's here being a bit negative, trying to bring me down. But no, it's just positive vibes tonight. I've got Humphrey as my hype man. You won't hear from him because he is a dog, but he is looking at me like, you can do it, man. You can do it. So thanks so much, Humph. Appreciate that. Okay, let's do this. Let's see who we're bringing in tonight. And my goodness, there are 11 names, 10 names here. Wow. Okay. Um, thank you so much to these people from Cork in Ireland. It's Laura O'Day. Oh, make my O'Day. Yeah. Yes, that feels good. All right, here we go. Uh, from Glen Iris here in Australia, I'd like to thank uh, Billy and Amanix. Uh, I'm Anix to get the party started with you, Billy. Yeah. All right, here we go. Keeping that vibe going. Greenwood in Western Australia, we'd like to thank Connor Schmidt. Holy shit, it's Connor Schmidt. I would like to thank now from Woodside in New York, this is Cameron Wade. Cameron Wade, my day's been made. Uh, you will not believe this. I have to stop the recording right now because I'm getting a call from an unrecognized number. It is literally telling me it's from Barbados. I'm getting a call from Barbados. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to answer that. I don't think that's going to be anything. But Humphrey's come over because I'm yelling uh, in an empty house. He's like, what the hell's going on? Let's keep this going. I'd like to thank from Bella Eura in Western Australia, Cameron Warns. Fawns over you is what I will do. Cameron warns. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was terrible. Ruth Hill in New South Wales. Levi Burrows. Thank you so much, Levi Burrows. Burrows deep. Uh, my eyebrows uh, are no longer furrowed. Well, they're no longer furrows when you're in the vicinity. Thank you so much, Levi. I would like to thank from Toronto, Ontario, Anna Rain. Anna Rain, your presence is our Gain. Hell yeah. From Saskatoon in Saskatchewan, Canada, Bridget Gwynane. Just hook her up to our veins. Yeah. I would like to thank from um, Beijing in China, which is awesome, Stephen Bauron. Bauron. Beijing. More like amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. I would like to thank from... Second last here, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Let's keep it going for Michael Winkler, the Ivory Tinkler. Hell yeah, do a piano solo. Love it. And finally, I would like to thank from Marshall, Illinois, Jennifer Welliver. We're in for a hell of a night. Yes. Boom. He's done it. Thank you so much to all of those people for making our dreams come true and supporting the show for three consecutive years. And if you'd like to join them, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. But that's it, everyone. Thank you so much for, for listening to this. 
We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I've just got to say thank you for listening. Get in contact anytime. Do go on pod at gmail.com. We've got a website, do go on pod.com. And you can find links to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our YouTube channel. There are some videos up. We've got merchandise. You can suggest a topic at any time there. And uh, basically just go wild on our website. So thank you again. And until next week, I will say goodbye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.